All right, testing, testing. Testing, testing, hello. I hope this is getting picked up. I don't know. Very, very weird. Uh, hi. It's a special Saturday episode. I just made an episode of my podcast. Uh, literally, like about 48 hours ago. But I have to make a breaking episode. Because we, we have some news to report. And it's some very fun news. Um... So, uh, here we go. Let's, uh, let's meet the music. All right, so. Can we get a nice drum roll sound effect? I got my Microsoft account back. I, I know, I'm, I'm very proud of myself. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I had, basically what I had to do was I had to fill out another form, fill out another form, get another person, and go through the same process yet again. But luckily that person then did a very smart move, unlike the other two people. First one was like, oh, you gave us all the information, but that's not good enough, bye. Number two said, well, there's a bait on this account, so go fuck yourself. But this third guy, Shiwon from from Korea, he, he I don't know you, but you have helped me out big time, and I can't thank you enough. Because they dared ask the important question of, do you own a Microsoft Xbox Series S? To which the correct answer is yes. And I gave him all my information. And this is what happened. Oh, that's not that's not big enough. I have to I have to go check with somebody. And five minutes later, oh well, your authenticator was busted, and we don't know if that will work. So what we will do is we will send a boost, a, a secret code, to your email, and if this code works, you should be back online. And folks, I did it. I got my account back. Unfortunately, I, 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 had, I switched everything to my new account, so I'm a little distraught because I just pivoted everything over here. So now I'm in a limbo mode of do I just go back to the way things were or do I just adapt and take the stuff that I have from the OneDrive into this new account? To which, obviously, if you know me long enough, you will know the correct answer is you just use your original account, dummy. It's It's been your account for like 20 years. So for the time being, I'm going to be using this new, new account, and then I will go back to my old account because uh, I'm currently logged into that, that original account, uh, logging in to my Xbox Logging into my OneDrive, I can now see my files. I can now play sound effects for my podcast. Everything is back. I just have to re-download it, essentially. And if it's going to be that much of a pain in the ass, I might as well just switch the account on this computer to a Jordan Haas account instead. It's, it's plain and simple. But I'm, I'm so excited. But that's going to be my project for probably this week and next week. Uh, more on that in just a bit, but now it's time for an AI-created theme song. So I'm just going to refresh SoundDraw.io and see what kind of garbage uh, track of random-generated music we got today. I honestly just wanted like a random-generator music thing uh, because I think that would be a silly idea. But here we go. Uh, this is Hopeful Heavy 130 BPMs, 30 seconds perfect. Here we go.
All right, that's my theme song. <laughs> that sounded like more for a theme song for like a game show from like, like like the two thousands, like a like a like a physical challenge stunt show. Like time's running out. The brand new show. It's like minute to win it, but you have to go through different challenges under. T- I should write this down. I think we got format. Anyway, welcome to the show. I'm Jordan. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan Haas. Again, great news today. We have to report that top of the story. I got my account back. And that, that makes me so excited. Uh, still a little weirded out because my birthday is coming up, but I don't really have any plans. Still a heartbroken. Um, but good news, though. If, if, all, if, if all things end up okay... Um, I will be hanging out with Jack in April and we'll be having a Mario movie, maybe even a podcast or so. We don't know. Uh, but that makes me so excited uh, to see my friend Jack, who I have been friends for over a decade. I've never met him in person, but I've like chatted with him constantly. And uh, he's just been one of the bestest friends I've had. So I'm excited for that. And we're going to see a really silly Mario movie in the process. Uh, so that to me is a win in my book. Um, my birthday is, of course, this week on the first. Um, so I, I don't have plans at the moment because, again, mom's health and all that. But not just that. Um, I have a dentist appointment later on this week. I have like, I have a, to I have a plumber showing up. I have a plumbing mishap. Uh, not to scare anybody there is mold in my house Uh, we have an old water heater and the water heater uh, is very very old and I think it leaked some water so we had to get a plumber to we got a new water heater the plumber picked it up fixed it but then there's mold all over the place and now we kind of have to get a new plumber to fix all this that's kind of the sad news but um the goodness is the mold is nowhere near my bedroom nowhere near my mom so everything is in good health uh this is really like a guest room area that we've been using essentially as our knickknack shell for anything that we need so uh that's you know what i think people kind of know it like i don't think it's it's me necessarily i think almost every house kind of has that one room if it's not a room, it's a closet. Like, it's the one closet where you have, like, your bulk item of Costco stuff, like napkins or paper towels. And and trust me, if you haven't, you didn't live the pandemic, because I know you did. <laughs> but yes, that's that's uh, essentially uh, the room where I, I leave uh, some, some tube socks from Kirkland Signature in a box <clears throat> but uh to make things even more fun um i got some other news kind of um it's really no big it's really nothing but um i got people i i got a call on friday during the middle of a very busy week involving telecommunications the internet at the home office uh, where we, I make the money because I know this is not my job. Uh, crashed and burned, and the phone lines, which is even more important, also crashed. Uh, I just want to say, AT and T uh, is no different than Microsoft in this situation. Uh, it, so, <clears throat> the quick anecdote I want to give is, AT and T is no different than than Microsoft in this regard. You have to go through like 20 to 30 customer service representatives. And no matter how many times you say what you need, you get a different answer. And it's always weird because sometimes they're just hawking you to get sales, like get the fiber optic, get the U-verse. And others don't know what they're doing. So they're thinking you're meaning you want to close your account instead of move a installation date to a different time because it's not a good time for the installation because something important 
is happening. So with all of that hot mess, and it was such a hot mess, I for the last three weeks, my mom and me, and remember, my mom is sick. So this is like, par partially I would say this is more elderly abuse than ever, is calling AT&T at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Hi, uh, we need to re-signal this phone. Hey, we need to re-signal our phone. Hey, our voicemail is not working. Hey, our company is where, hey, people in our clientele are thinking we are closed our business and we didn't. And that was really scary. Like that is because that's the one thing that's actually kind of staying us afloat right now. Um, so uh, we got so AT&T has to get another technician this week because the last one forgot to activate the fiber optic, even though they just installed. And then Spectrum has a mobile phone. You've heard of Spectrum, the fine internet folks. Uh, and, and they have a good service. I'll actually say right now, Spectrum, as much as the internet kind of sucks from time to time and crashes and burns, I will say, though, their customer service has been pretty good. Like, I've been... I only had to call three times to get to what I wanted. And that's just like what happened with me with Microsoft. You call and ask, 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 you call and ask. And it just, it's, it's just annoying. It's the, cause at certain point in all this, you, it's that, uh, definition of, of anxiety. <laughs> well, <laughs> clearly anxiety, no definition, definition of insanity where you try the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome and, I guess with the case of customer service phone representatives, because these are call center jobs and most people who do a call center job are told different things in different areas by different managers who may not have the full information because most of these people are multi-billion dollar multi-million global corporations and they don't have a real streamlined uh, effective communication barrier with every single place in community and call center. So you, one person who is doing your call center in one day might also be doing another call center job the next or they are doing this call center job but they really are just encouraged to sell something because that's how they make money and that to me that's just the saddest part of all this because i don't think anyone deserves it but that's okay anyway what i'm trying to get at here is that um it's a busy week another busy week and it's another i wish i could just have the free time to talk about a lot of the stuff that's been on my mind i want to see cocaine bear have you seen the trailer for cocaine bear it looks like a fun movie i i know a lot of people are going to get the wrong information is think well drug addicted animal is going to be no i saw uh, burt kreischer's the machine and i'm going to equate that to cocaine bear because they're both actiony comedy i wouldn't say genre breaking but they're very modern comedy i would say those are modern comedy movies and i i think it's about time we celebrate the fact comedies are returning in 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 forms of theater because a lot of comedies are either like a romantic comedy or it's a uh, really bad family comedy, or if we're going to go into even worse territory, it's the like SNL cast members second or third attempt to make a movie and it's written by like a SNL writer and that's it and it didn't work out. <clears throat> Those are the kind of movies I just don't like. <laughs> Uh, mostly because m most of Saturday Night Live sucks too, but I know it's not like it's not it's not me because I love to laugh. I love comedy and really great satire, really great writing is what I love. And Cocaine Bear, again, a movie about a drug cartel who accidentally drops their payload of cocaine into the woods and a bear takes it and causes mayhem to campers and the people who want the cocaine 
makes for a very funny movie. So I can't wait. Also, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks, the host of Press Your Luck. And everyone knows I love Press Your Luck. Uh, I'm actually auditioning for Press Your Luck. I, I submitted my application recently and cross your fingers. That'll be fun. Because when it comes to game shows, I, 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 I don't think I've ever really said this. Have I ever said this? I, I, as much as I love game shows, and I really love game shows, I, I'm not really the one that's like, I want to be a contestant on the game show. I was always more of like a producer mind or a host mind of, well, what are they juggling? What are they saying? How do they do these things? Even though, theoretically, it's better to be a contestant because most of the time they get more money than even some of the production assistants, which is kind of sad. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, the producers... And I love I love that about game shows. So I've always liked to ask the question of like, what game shows would I be good at? I've always asked that question, like, because I never really want to be a contestant. And I love a lot of game shows. But things like Wheel of Fortune, it's like, well, I I uh, I once applied to Wheel of Fortune and did the test, and I failed the Wheel of Fortune test. How stupid do you have to be to fail a Wheel of Fortune test? And then this week, a person guesses G on fresh tropical fruit, and you're just, mmm. Jeopardy, I failed 20 years. And I've come to the conclusion it's mostly because of my trivia knowledge is more in pop culture. And will always be pop culture. I have I won I was this close to having a minor in geography. So certain capitals and certain like uh, government structures I understand, but not necessarily enough that I could probably ace a category about the European Union. But if you ask me, like, hey, the Hottie Meal uh, from Popeyes was named after what famous rapper? Oh, you know. Oh, you know. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> that's the way I feel about it. It's just um, there's not a lot of uh, trivia knowledge. Anyway, for answering, the answer was making these stallion. Thanks for playing along. Um, <clears throat> so isn't it because Megan is from Texas and that's the name of her like fan base, the hotties? All right. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I'm probably wrong with that part of trivia, but it's mostly a pop culture knowledge. I would never do the chase for that very reason. Um, I would like the pop culture questions. I would ace and that'd be good. But I know, like, if I do that, the table. What what do they call it? The not the cash builder. The the chase. The main. The the table round. <laughs> I, I I did a podcast about game shows. I covered over three hundred game shows, and I don't know the name of the round where they're at the table and they go play the little board game. I think they just call it the chase. It's Cash Builder, The Chase, The Final Chase. Um, <clears throat> I would do bad on that part, even though it's multiple choice. Because a lot of the time, it's uh, they trick you with some of... I hate to say trick, because I know a lot of question writers, they don't want to trick. They want you to deduce why it can't be certain answers. Um, so, when it comes to a game show, I, it has to be more fun. I, I think I would lean towards fun or strategy-wise. I don't want to do Survivor. I don't want to do Big Brother. I want to do Amazing Race. Uh, because it's a social game, and I, social skills kind of suck. Um, but with the case of something like uh, Pyramid, absolutely. I, I'd probably be okay with Pyramid. Uh, I'd do okay probably with Press Your Luck. Probably of all the game shows, press your luck, because that one, first of all, it's the best questions, and two, you can win yourself really awesome prizes. I, to me, that's the part that I love about press your luck. It's, yes, the, the whammy animations and the theme, but it's the fact that it's like, oh, you just won like hamburgers for a life. Hell yes, I love hamburgers. I would love hamburgers for life. That's what I love about press your luck. So I definitely have to be on it. Only connect, but I would need friends. 
and I'm not that smart to have friends and only connect. Um, let's see here. Obviously, everyone says deal or no deal because that's an easy kind of game, but I, I do think though the problem is uh, deal or no deal. Even though everyone can play the game differently, uh, the, the the versions on the American version, everyone has that same. I hate to say this because it's a pinpoint kind of thing. I've noticed this on Card Sharks too, slightly the the Joel McHale version. It's the you have to always be loud. That's what I've noticed. Sorry about that. Uh, <clears throat> I said that thing where you cough a lot. So when we're talking about press your luck, <clears throat> um, that would be a fun place to be. Uh, family feud, don't have big family, so that won't work. Uh, <clears throat> let's make a deal. Also a really fun thing. Um, the problem is it would have to like get a really, really cheap costume. And most of the time, if I watch Let's Make a Deal, it's always copyright infringing and they have to put like the Let's Make a Deal sticker on everything. It's kind of sad. Um, <clears throat> which leads me to the price is right. Uh, I would do well in the price is right, but uh, <laughs> the problem with modern price is right is they want you to be with a party. And I'm once again. Very, I have to get like a bunch of friends to hang out with me, um, which leads me to talk about like uh, the upcoming rumor as they're uh, filming one more season of The Price is Right in the original building. And this has been the built like the, this studio building has been the stage for The Price is Right for about f over 40 years, I think 50 at this point. And it's going to come to an end because I think they're going to demolish it and sell apartments for the Grove. Thanks, Caruso. Um, and that becomes a big talking point, at least in Hollywood, is studio space, at least in the area. Um, personally, I, I, I think... A lot of the uh, big areas that were studios, and that includes CBS, that includes uh, the uh, Culver City, um, the Culver City, and I've a Culver, um, but just a few, like even the uh, the Radford Studios, the NBC Studios, are all kind of I would say very expensive and aren't financially viable in this platform. Just ask G4 what, how, how buying a big studio space does. It doesn't work out. Um, so, uh, when it comes to studio spaces, uh, they're trying to go for what's cheaper. And what I'm noticing is the places that are do, getting the cheapest studio space are secretly, don't tell anybody this. Please, this is, this, this is a trade secret. They're just buying warehouse space. Because because basically, a warehouse space is, uh, when it comes to the way it was formatted in real estate plans, it's meant for assembly building and it's supposed to be commercial. And if we're going to say it's an industry, quote unquote, uh, then it makes sense that the warehouse space can be modified and edited to become studio space. Typically, a lot of the places that are modifying warehouses to studio spaces uh, are a lot of lower-end YouTube content creators and um, essentially those that are on the upper end of a totem pole. I know, for instance, Mega64, because they're headquartered in San Diego, uh, they're in the residential district of Santee, I believe. And... Uh, when it comes to things like, uh, what was it? The, uh, what's that esports uh, channel? The, not, not, not the one that we used to be in the energy for. There's a, there's a G, there's a whole esports company that's using like a studio space. Now, uh, College Humor for their, uh, dropout, uh, they now, just now got a studio, like a studio, proper studio space in Los Angeles. 
but for the longest time, uh, they were in Woodland Hills doing the commercial real estate market for their studio space. So that's just telling me that the, maybe the direction of a lot of content is going to be warehouse spaces. And when it came time to a lot of manufacturing jobs being laid off and whatever you want to call it, maybe it's a good time to get into the warehouse studio space market, especially when it comes to content creation. Um, but studio spaces are not always warehouse spaces. There's a lot of things you might need, like running water, electrical, power outage, all safety guidelines. It, it, it's a little bit of a headache. Um, but that, that's just what it sounds like it's going to be part of the fun is figuring out where the price is right. going to head. I'm just thinking Hollywood center studios, but I hope I'm wrong. Ideally, ideally, if I had to like, uh, <clears throat> if I had to actually pick, so the Burbank Studios, not not NBC Studios, but the Burbank Studios next door to NBC Studios, where they used to do the Tonight Show with Jay Leno and then the Jay Leno Show, uh, are, are these big, massive spaces that I think would be perfect for a re for the Prices Right. But I also think, and this this is just me, <clears throat> um, maybe they might want to just update the set altogether when it comes to it, because the whole slopey uh, seat was there since the beginning. So now you can do high rises, you could do low rises, you can have TV monitors all over the place. And I think that's gonna be a change. And I also think 100% this is a prediction, regardless of what they do with the set, even if they just slightly tweak it a bit, the Price is Right fandom is going to get their knees, like are going to have knee jerk reactions and go, this is what's killing the Price is Right. And then they're gonna bitch to Roger Dobkowitz about it. Because he used to be a producer for The Price is Right, got fired. And every single time something with with Drew Carey's run as, as host of Price is Right, they bitched to him about it. And it's like, well, he's been hosting that since 2008. He, his contract is stated, I think, extended to 2028. So he'll be there for 20 fucking years. Why? Who cares what, what's going on? Uh, <clears throat> so... I, I look forward to seeing how The Price is Right reinvents. And I would definitely be a contestant, but the only thing is I need friends. And again, I'm a very lonely guy. I mean, I talk about game shows on the internet. What, what do you expect? Uh, so, uh, that leads me to another quick, quick uh, discussion point here. As we uh, translate into Los Angeles and Studio City, the, the weather. It snowed. It snowed where I live. And I don't mean like that little bit of like frozen water snow, like hill balls that hit the window and we were thinking rock slide. That kind of ice. There was, oh, I had, I went to the mailbox to check the mail and classic like, like the cartoon classic, like the big, piece of snow on top of the mailbox was there and I thought that <laughs> this is news to me I, I look I, I grew up in California my whole life when it's February it's mostly like cool wind I would say it's more of a cool wind it's more of like a precursor to spring and we ended up with like such a frozen cold front that it got really weird um, so, uh, I stayed home. I stayed indoors, um, as the flash flood warnings would show up. But again, I ran out of food. So I, I had to go to Instacart and there's like that bit of guilt trip. You feel like when you're ordering groceries for delivery in the middle of a flash flood warning, um, so I, I, I had to tip the guy about $70. Um, <laughs> I basically it was like the normal tip price. I was, was 50, but because it's like, I feel bad at it. Here's 20 more. Just please <laughs> stay safe. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, maybe it's a bit of neurotic behavior about uh, grocery shopping in the middle of bad weather, but it, it was one of those things where it's like, I, I had no other choice. 
Um, so that's interesting. Uh, so the 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 like there's a big river basin. I'm wondering, like, do I did I clean my uh, rain gutters? Is it really that much? I don't know. Uh, to make more, to extend out a bit of this this talk, and you know I love to chat about this stuff. Um, so uh, Xbox, <clears throat> because I got my account back, now I can go back to Xbox and get my Game Pass. So I'm gonna probably after this record go check out Game Pass games because I've been missing out for about five months. And like it's such an exciting time. I want to play Hi-Fi Rush. I want to see when all of the cloud games are back. I want to see if it still works on my phone. There's so many things that I really want to try out, and ah, that's just the best part. To me, that's the best part of all this, is now I can go back and just be excited. And back to video games real quick, because, I mean, Xbox games, I'm probably not going to... Again, we're not playing this shitty wizard game. Uh, for Nintendo Land, though, the uh, Kirby game got installed. I haven't played it yet, but uh, it looks very cute. Uh, and it has Kirby, so you know it's going to be fun. Uh, I've already talked about this in length, about my love of Kirby games. Uh, so it, it's going to be exciting to see another class. I hate I'm putting air quotes classic Kirby game. Uh, you know, you the 2D platformer. But it's just what what's throwing me off about all of this. It's still because I'm so used to Kirby in the Forgotten Kingdom now, because that's such a good 3D Kirby game. That's like I don't know if I want to go back to 2D. That's the big head scratcher. Because that 3D pivot was brilliant to me. That was like Mario World to Mario 64 to me. That was just all around exciting. And you know, like the only thing left is definitely PlayStation and. I'll, I'll be honest. This is the last, like, I guess, part of the gaming talk of the week. I I still want a PlayStation 5, but I don't have a 4K TV, but there's not a lot of games I necessarily want for it. If that makes sense? Like, I, I, I love PlayStation. I think, like, for me, whenever I try to pitch the PlayStation, it is, hey, check out PlayStation. It's, uh, oh, good. There's more, uh, okay, so what's going on here? I, I got distracted. Warp Zone Arcade has double ticket weekend. Oh, okay. And Tower Unite. That's a fun game. I don't know if I still have it installed, but I'll I'll probably look into it. It end it ends tonight. That's not good. Alright, well, I'll look into it. <clears throat> anyway. I like PlayStation. I like PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, best. I, I like those are some great consoles. I don't really like PlayStation 3, 4, those are the later consoles, and like PS3 is always like seen as lower to 360. But I had fun playing like a lot of WWE games and the Grand Theft Auto series. And PlayStation 4 was essentially for me benching Destiny. <laughs> um, and. Also, the Uncharted series, Uncharted 3 specifically. And I like to make the pitch that if you, because you know, everyone wants to be, the, the, the big debate is should games be taken seriously as an art form? It's already given BAFTAs, so yes, but just to show it could be, I think you have to get one of these PlayStation 5 games out. You have to get like The Last of Us or God of War Ragnarok. Uh, and show off its full potential. Get like the 5.1 Dolby, get the 4K resolution. And you and people might see it. But 
I can't, I, I don't play many of those games. And that's what's kind of like, makes me sad. Like I, I, I like a Twisted Metal, but the last one kind of sucked. I would love to play like more fighting games, Tekken, but currently if I'm not looking forward to a fighting game, it's Street Fighter VI. Because Street Fighter VI seems to be willing to work with me to play and to me that's like amazing because that because it's trying to play off every single type of street fighter fan from the die hard like evo player to an arcade casual like me and that is just to me amazing and that's something i'm looking forward to the most in the gaming cycle is seeing what street fighter 6 is up to that to me is my one of my most anticipated games of this year uh, Legend of Zelda I also pre-ordered, so it doesn't matter. Uh, so... This leads me to... A, a final conclusion here, is that... I don't want to have that fear of missing out about the PlayStation, but when there's nothing for it, and GameStop doesn't really... have much in... for you, like... Literally, most of the games I've been playing now have been on Steam or I bought it in the eShop, or I bought it on, uh, I bought it for Xbox Game Pass, or it's Xbox Game Pass exclusive and it's cloud. So I'm trying to, I'm in a, like, but in a weird rock and a hard place here about digital games because storage and preservation. Because I really, good news is I own Mario Kart 8. I own a physical copy of Mario Kart 8. So, knock on wood, I never lose that copy of Mario Kart 8, so I can keep playing it. But at the same time, knock on wood, that when we go into the Switch 3 or Switch 4, 20 years down the line, there's still some way for me to play this Mario Kart 8 that I own for Switch. Which is most likely not going to happen, because I'll probably cut the online servers, and it'll just be a very bad time for everybody. I just don't like I, th that to me is the one complaint I have about most video games. If, if, if I actually have to go into a big, big nitpicky negative because I love games. Video games are so much fun. There's a video game for everybody now. But when it comes down to a lot of games want to be online and a lot of games want to have an online service and they want to be experiences. And I don't think necessarily every game should. Like Gotham Knights is a looty game. I don't know. But in addition to that, I don't want anything to be online games here. Like, I, if Watch Dogs 2 didn't have an online server, I think that game would be much more fun. But it would defeat a good chunk of the hacker missions that they're encouraging you to do. So it's just, ugh. To me, it's just disgusting. And that's just something that I just can't really wrap my head around. But that's okay. I understand why, because a live service means you can do more DLC, do more content to try and engage people to keep going. But not every game is Call of Duty. Not every game needs to be Call of Duty. And I understand the big culture of Modern Warfare 2. Uh, that is, that's the game everyone's excited about. But, uh, eh. it's just not really uh, a game for me. I don't... Everyone's trying to be Fortnite, right? Because Fortnite has all the loots and they update constantly and still the same Battle Royale game. But I think everyone's trying to... Like, eventually Fortnite will come to an end. Uh, maybe. I mean, I said the same thing about... That's one of the wrong predictions I ever made was that, that World of Warcraft is going to close down. Um, there's only a few online games that work. World of Warcraft, for instance. EverQuest, for instance. Fortnite, for instance. I think those are the kind of games that if they just are maintained safely and with care, they could stay on for long, long, long periods of time. There's a whole Fantasy Star Online community still. and I never played that game. But that is the exciting thing about games. So, State of Play showed up this week. And I wasn't excited. I should have been excited. But again, I don't own a PlayStation 5. So maybe my uh, head is 
just in the wrong place. But, uh, I mean, Suicide Squad game, yeah, Street Fighter 6, yeah, but Street Fighter 6 is coming to Steam. The Resident Evil game looks fantastic, but I don't play survival horrors. It, it's just, it's just weird. Um, so, that, that's just how I feel about it. Um, sorry, I feel like, I just feel like rambly. Um, so yes, the, uh, the game industry is very weird like that. But hey, maybe people like Pizza Tower. Pizza Tower is not always on. And that's something to look forward to. Cook Serve Forever. Even though they have an online leaderboard, go for it. I just want more Atari 50s, is basically what I'm trying to get at. Get me Atari 50 with Midway games. If there was a way Digital Eclipse can get Midway games, we'd be okay. NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, uh, Hydro Thunder, Cruise, well, not a cruising. What was it? San Francisco Rush. And then we're talking. Now we're in business. Because arcade games are great. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of all I really wanted. I still have to figure out how to get an arcade machine to work. Uh, so, speaking of that, and this is the last anecdote of the night, um, I finally went back to Best Buy. So, the too long to read version is business phone, return phone, go to AT&T, AT&T's next Best Buy. And I went to Best Buy for the first time since the pandemic. And the one I, it's hard to put in the words here. I think they're trying to go for more of like a mini CES vibe. Like, I, I'm so used to it being, like, all the media. And maybe that's just where my head is because I grew up in the 90s and 2000s where it's like, here's CDs, here's movies, here is video games, here's those big cardboard boxes for the PC games. And going into a Best Buy now, it's not the same. But at the same time, it, it, it very reminiscent of when I was in the 90s and they had like the little kiosk for Sega and Nintendo and there's like little Sonic the Hedgehog statuettes. <clears throat> you don't get that at Comp USA, I'll tell you that much. Um, so it's all these little mini kiosks and they're all like the Internet of Things, like Pelotron bikes and Acer laptops, and then here's the Omen gaming computers, and then here is the Samsung smart fridge, and here is like the, here's the GE smart washer and dryers. Here is like 18 different televisions from LG. It's no longer the Magnolia Home Theater, which is very weird. Car stereos are now just out in the open. And then when it comes to gaming, it's like, yes, there's a little bit of physical copies left, but they're kind of more these little, like the demo kiosk that you see at Target. Like here is the Switch kiosk. Here's like a little Mario plush on the side. Have fun. And as, as much as that's classic gaming kiosk, I, I kind of, think they can do better than that what I'm leaning towards here and this is just where I'm coming from with best place as, as much as it's like all experience based it's weird because it's like there's no place to buy these damn e-bikes you have e-bikes where do I fucking say I'm sold give me an e-bike that's that's where I'm at oh car chargers for the house where do I where do you get the box to go to the checkout. That's that's the that's the error. So, um, I'm kind of lost 
at Best Buy, but not lost in like the old guy confused about tech kind of way, more in the... So is this just an experience-based place where you're supposed to look at this and then buy it online, like Amazon, or... I don't know. But there's not a lot of the experience I used to have of going to Best Buy to pick up a game. But but to give credit to Best Buy, because I think it's a very beautiful experience. And I've had a lot of fun playing with all the little toys, even though a lot of them were just plastic and not interactive at all. The Geek Squad's much better. Way, way, way better um, than when I was there. So that's, to me, a, a very positive note. Um, but we will, we have one final... Um, I just... Is that just how retail is these days? Like, I go to Target. Sometimes I go to Target. I went to Target, like, a few... Right before Christmas. And there's, like, the little mini Disney store in the Target. And then there's, like... It's still the same old, like, here's a shelf of clothes. And here's a... Here's the... My favorite part of Target is still the bookshelf and the toy shelf. I could get lost in the Target board game department for hours. Um, because, A, Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore unless you go to Macy's. And, two, a lot of adult games, which is still very weird. Um, <laughs> you guys want to play Cards Against Humanity still? Um, so, I... I'm just at this loss of what is retail these days and what is shopping these days. And Best Buy was throwing me for a loop. And I'm kind of wondering, like, what are... Is it because we don't just buy the thing and leave now? We have to, like, shop around? Is that what's going on? Or... Is this like a best store operation these days? I don't know. Um, so that's that was what was giving me a big confusing look this week was the Best Buy. Um, but hey, they have like eight different air fryers and I only knew about Ninja and they knew about the one that I own. That's cool. Um, so Best Buy fun. Best Buy, very fun. Toys R Us, I have not been to the new one, but I hope it's good. But what I got me thinking was, I think that's what GameStop needs to do. Because GameStop has to have that experience that's sort of like what Best Buy is doing. But a lot of physical copies aren't going to exist in the meantime. So maybe they should go the way of what Nintendo store is in New York. I've never been to New York City. But I've seen the Nintendo Land, the little Nintendo, not Nintendo Land, the theme park, the Nintendo World NYC. And it's a shop where there's like these little, it's all merch. It's all just like t-shirts and plush toys. And I think you can buy controllers and accessories here and there. But it's mostly like, hey, if you love Legend of Zelda, you can get the Triforce, you can get the Sheik, you can get uh, Ganon, you get uh, the, the uh, like a retro Triforce that looks like the Link to the Past as a plush pillow, things like that. And I think that's very cute. Pokemon Center used to be that way. What if that should be the future direction of the game department? Because nowadays, if you want to see Pokemon plushes, you have to go to the toy section and you know, hope to God there is like a Jigglypuff. And there usually isn't a Jigglypuff. It's usually a Pikachu. And Pikachu's cute. Everyone wants a Gengar Squishmallow. I, I, I understand. Gengar is like everyone's like goth fave. But me, if I, if I were going into a newer Pokemon, give me Munchlax. Give me Munchlax, that wacky baby Snorlax that loves to munch. Because he's also a relatable figure. He eats giant cookies. So all you gotta do is go to the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory, get a big cookie there, you pick up the Munchlax, and you have a perfect cosplay. Additionally, I don't think we should bring back Blockbuster. 
Here's why I don't think we should bring Black Box blockbuster and this is the same experience base i think the last blockbuster in bend oregon is an experience based retailer i don't know how people actually rent a movie there but they want to have that same vibe of i'm renting a movie i want renting a vhs tape i'm renting a dvd but that's not really the the physical media rentals because if that's the case go to a public library Public libraries are kind of free, believe it or not. You can kind of get most movies, and I don't think a lot of people recognize public libraries as much as they recognize Blockbuster. And I would rather we encourage the use of public libraries more and more. But unfortunately, you know, you hear about what happens in like uh, Florida, in in Texas, where it's like, well. We can't teach kids civil rights anymore. We're not going to teach kids about a Pride Month. Because that's grooming. Even though these are for public libraries for grown-ups, too. We're not... We just don't want to teach. We need to encourage more public libraries. We need... Because Blockbuster is just a rental. It's a business thing. But it's just not the same. You know, go to a fucking public library. Go to... There's been a whole fight with publishers over public libraries in recent time no different than like the movie and more like the internet archive as well internet archive is is the internet's library from the sounds of things so uh that that's all i wanted to plug this week is uh public libraries check them out at your local library also, uh, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Jordan Haas. I'll try and get more content soon. I wanted to do more Games Master watch-alongs, but unfortunately, it's been late, and my voice has been dead, and it's impossible to talk about this great stuff when everything kind of sucks at the moment. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Probably not, but we'll end the episode the way we did last time and that's with another ai driven song because like i don't fucking know anymore i think it's just because it sounds terrible i would rather have a better composed theme song anyway take care